0: Hello, listeners. On this show, I talk with everyday African Americans who are able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. this episode, I interview Rosie Faulkner. She is a video coach who helps women be confident on camera, allowing them to confidently share their message with the world. In our conversation, Rosie and I discuss how she started her career in fashion TV, different tips and tricks using the basic equipment that she believes is required to start making videos, and we answer the content creator's ultimate question, when should I publish my video? So, settle down, tuck in, and get ready to listen to this episode of Black Gold Podcast. Welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. Today with me I have... Uh, Rosie Faulkner, she is a video coach that helps women to master and to just get in front of the camera and get out whatever they have in their hearts and their minds and are passionate about to share to the rest of the world. And you have been a video coach for how long, Rosie?
1: So the video leg of my company started about a year and a half ago. But previous to that, I had a TV show that ran for over seven years. It was called Style Access. So I had been in front of the camera for a long, long time.
0: And so with Style Access, what would you say you were able to learn from that experience that you then carry on into your consulting and coaching?
1: So Style Access was a 30-minute or less program about showing up on video we're well, not really showing up really well showing your style right when i first started i always wanted to help people get exposure so when i first started i was a fashion blogger and so i ran into problems with getting exposure so i i was like if i have a problem with exposure i'm sure other people have problems with exposure as well so i wanted to create a platform that, you know, showcase local talent in the DMV area because I'm from V.C. So I would have like stylists. I would have anybody that could come on to talk about fashion, whatever they wanted to do. Uh, We will have topics. And it ran the gamut about, you know, anything about style. So we did that for over seven years.
0: And so... In doing that, what would you say was something about that that you thought to be like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do.
1: Of course, I didn't know then that that was what I was supposed to do as far as helping people with their confidence. How that got going is I just felt like it was more people out there like me. I knew the first time that I showed up to do that show it was a full crew of people. I mean like, of course I knew like producers, but it was like three camera uh people. It was a teleprompter, it was lights, it was I you know, I was just like, oh my goodness, I had to step away because before that I knew we were planning the show, but until you are thrust in that situation for the first time, you don't know what you're getting yourself into into the day of so I initially had to like excuse myself go to the bathroom give myself a pep talk to say you can do this you know you're here now you you got to put your panties on and get it done and so I came back down the elevator and I went in there and I made it happen Now, looking back on the video for my first show, could you tell I was nervous as hell? Yes, I was. But did I get through it? Did the nerves ease once I started going and talking to the guests? Yes, it did. So I know exactly how my clients feel, how my community feel. And I just want to um, let them know that it's doable. If I can do it, and I'm an introvert, I'm not an extrovert. When people see me, they always assume that I am. But until this day, I have to get myself together and say, okay, you're about to go into this networking event. You're about to go live. I have to get myself together in order to make that transformation to appear on video still to this day.
0: And so what do you say in the experience that you've seen? It seems that nowadays video is like the common media to share especially on on social and like Facebook, Instagram. And so would you say that there's a difference between, say, like a person filming you doing something that you would just be doing if they were filming you or not versus you sitting down in front of the camera and talking to the camera with a message? And so what would you say in terms of the, the feelings that people have when sitting down to do a video versus them being filmed candidly?
1: So that's a good question. And what I say uh, with that is because um, a couple of my clients have had that that problem, they feel silly talking just to the camera directly versus if someone is, you know, just filming them. Some people still have a problem with that, but you ask me directly about that question. So they just silly because you're looking either if you're on your iPhone looking into a red dot, you know, you're looking at that and you're concentrating on that. Or it's just like you don't know if your um, message is resonating with people because sometimes when you're first starting out, you may not have people come onto your lives. Or if you're pre-recording, you don't know. You don't have any audience to feed off of. So my advice to that is to just be prepared. Know what you're going to say. Write it down. Not sentence form and bullets. Write it down. Know what you're going to come on and say execute that and then get off. If you don't like it, if it's pre-recorded, then do it again. But if it's live, look at your replay and see the things that you want to change. And then, you know, work to change those things. But don't always just look for the things that, you know, um, you don't like. Look for the things that went well and repeat those things. So that's what I see the most. People Uh, are not feeling comfortable talking directly to the camera because they don't know if their message is connecting. And another big one is they see people going in and out of their lives. So they assume that people don't like what they're saying or they don't like their personality or whatever it may be. And that's not the case. How many times have you gone on social media and you've given yourself 15 minutes or you may have to jump off to run an error? You never know. I always say don't take it Personal, you don't know what that person, you know, has to do. They may come back and look at your replay later on. So just don't assume the, you know, go to the negative right offhand.
0: Another thing that I have that I've heard is, whenever you're looking at the camera, it's not that you're talking to the camera, but you're talking to a specific person that you have in mind that you believe needs to hear what you have to say. So then that way there is a certain connection you can then have. And even like an energy you can have and put on your face, you can like smile and brighten up more in order to speak on camera. And then that will translate to your audience in a way that is more energetic and more lively than if you were to speaking to the camera directly.
1: That is so true. I've heard that too. But even if you don't have that one person, because some people want to get started without doing that lead work, so I have heard that as well. And I think that is a, a good tip as well. But even if you don't, you know, still just know what you're going to say. Because some people are like, I'm so lost. I don't know who my target audience I don't know, you know, I don't like people to procrastinate. If that is going to stop you from sitting down and seeing who your target audience is and who you need to talk to, then just do it. We'll, that will come later. So yes, I do think that that's a great tip. But just Know what you're going to talk about when you go on camera.
0: One of the things that you said was you need to have bullet points instead of sentences. Is there a reason for bullet points specifically compared to sentences?
1: So for me, what I have found for me and also with my clients, when you have sentences written out, your eyes are following that long sentence going back and forth. And people can often tell that you're reading, especially if you're in front of the camera. So bullet points, you could just, you know, place on your lap. You can have another mechanism where you're looking into maybe a, I don't know, a camera where you can have your Word document right there in front of you and you can see your bullet points. So I feel that it works better for my community members. And I know it works better for me because I can just jot down okay, these are the three things that I need to cover. And I make sure that I cover because sometimes you go over a tangent, sometimes your nerves get you. And if you don't have something written down, you'll forget, you know, you may forget that you have a special offer that you want to offer them at the end or, you know, a, a valid point that you want to make sure that it goes over. And sometimes I feel like uh, without those points or bullet points, you kind of like forget things. But the synthesis, it's just, I feel you could tell that you're reading. It's not as authentic as just coming off your head. Because with the bu- bullets, you still have to have an idea of what you're talking about. And with that comes the practice. So you know you have your bullets. Okay, I'm going to practice that these are the things I'm going to say. But it's not as scripted as the written written sentences.
0: And also with having specific bullet points, that also gets rid of the the and the and the awkward pauses that you have between each each uh, step, if you were to say like step one, step two, if you're doing a listicle kind of video. And so in terms of that, having those bullet points right there, you can even transition easily in your own style to the next one. So then that way it's, it just flows more smoothly.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you
0: So who would you say was really helpful or influential in helping you to become a a video person that would then go on to teach and coach other video people, other people?
1: I would think at first it was just me driving the ship, you know, trying to figure this thing out. I think what also helped me a lot is joining a community uh, in my uh, case, of this community of women, getting mentored on what is my passion, how can I help the world? And that is what helped me say, okay, I could actually turn this into a business because I didn't really realize that, you know, people out there could utilize this skill set. So I would say just joining a community, just helping you, because I feel like you can't just sit in the house all the time by yourself and think, you know, you know everything. You need a community to help you push you at all, give you ideas, and to say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about doing this? And that has helped me with having a mentor and having a, a community of women to support me.
0: With the community, have you found that you were then more accountable or you're also, you need to do certain things in a certain way? in order for you to show that you've
2: improved?
1: Yes. The accountability is big. I'm a pretty much person that if I accept myself out to do something, I'm going to do it, but we all get stuck, right? So I may not need accountability as much as the other, but like the people that I had met in that community, I still have like two people that I reach out to one that I actually talk to every week. And it motivates. We motivate each other to, you know, be accountable for our goals. And I think that is just something I didn't have before. And I just think having that person to kind of like be like, okay, again, with the ideas, if you are alone and you're thinking about stuff, you can't always think of every situation or the way you should go about it, right? So I love bouncing things off of certain people, not everybody (laughs) to say what do you think about this you know I didn't think about this or she'll I'll tell her the issue that I'm having and she'll be like okay well what do you think about this have you thought about that And I'm like oh my god I didn't and vice versa it's not like a take situation I give as well so I love to still you know that group has now ended but you meet so many great people that you continue the relationships and they help you you along your journey
2: Have there been any other resources that you would say really helped you to hone your video skills?
1: With anything, I think practice, practice, practice makes perfect. So not just talking about it to my clients, I still go live every week, you know? So it's just doing it, just getting out there, doing it with anything. The more you do it, the better you will get. So just, like I said, just, Executing, going out there, saying what works, saying what doesn't work, and not, you know, just saying, oh, this is not for me. Executing. So, yeah, I would say that's the big thing. Community and then also just execution.
0: Another thing about execution that I've done is I have even, like, separated my practice like a practice channel versus a, the main channel. So then on the practice channel, I can get better at like, you know, speaking directly to the camera and making sure that I'm saying things in such a way that it then comes across consistent and clear to the listener or to the, to the viewer. And so in terms of having a separate kind of like a sandbox where you can play and you can understand what you've done wrong what's going right and you can change and tweak things over there so that whenever you come into your main channel you're a star so it's that sort of have a separate place to practice it out and work out the things and to be worked out
1: yeah and I really like that they have added that to our social media channels you know that you can go live to yourself first and and you are so right you can actually get those nerves out especially if you start early and say okay I go on in about an hour so I'm not going to you know just sit here and keep going over my notes I'm going to actually practice for 30 minutes and then give myself a rest do some breathing techniques and then I'm going to go ahead and go on so I think that is just great to be able to do that but I know for live it's just you never know what happens you can practice all you want But it's a different beast. Like, what happens if your guest just, you know, loses internet connection and you have nobody to interview for a couple of minutes? Do you just freeze up? No, you cannot. You have to kind of like pick up, start asking questions. You know, while we wait for our guests to reconnect, do you have any questions for me? or kind of continue on with the point until until they're able to connect back. It's all different, you know, types of things that can happen with go live. But I do agree that, like you said, when you are able to practice and keep looking at those things, especially if you don't have like the Go Live channel. I mean, you know, go live to yourself, just you know, record yourself or your phone. Whatever you have that you could practice and see, you know, if you're doing the right thing will be great.
0: Are there any techniques or any tips that you suggest to people who want to use their phone to go live or are there any settings that are that would then amplify the phone in terms of making it a better device than it is so that it appears as if you're on a professional camera say
1: yes and actually that is something that I actually go over in detail in my course we go through the the phone because i believe you don't have to purchase you know a camera right away you have a thousand dollar over a thousand dollar camera right at the palm of your hand that you take every day so you know we go through like each multiple settings in your phone to make sure you get the best quality picture recording everything as far as audio different things like that to make sure again that you are getting the best out of that device. So yeah, you know, there are a lot of tips <laughs> that you have. But the most important that I would share today would be just to make sure that again, you're looking directly at I know iPhones, I'm team iPhone. I don't know about and yeah, so I same. Know if they have the gray dots or not. So I don't know. But a lot of people get confused um uh, about you know, where they should look. And I just definitely recommend, because I've seen so many different videos of people that they're looking off to the side, they're looking, and I'm just like, I don't feel a connection with you if you are not looking directly at me, out at the camera.
0: Yeah. And so it also, with that, as you said, the other thing about that, that people usually would, if they're having a, a... traditional kind of dslr camera one of the things to look to is to look off to the the little side screen that so they can flip up and open it up and see themselves while they're recording to see how they look when they're recording when actually they're not looking directly in front of the lens and so it really messes up in terms of like your eye positioning and what you're saying and whenever you're watching that you can tell that oh they're looking at the picture themselves other than in the lens yeah
1: yeah i recommend close that because before you part of your prep should be you know positioning yourself make sure your lighting is right before you even start so if you take the time to do that prep before you you're not moving unless you're moving around doing something you should be stationary so your chair should be already set up if you're standing you should already know you know um where your backdrop is and everything you should do that before and, and do your test recording. So, you know, okay, I'm good. Nothing to show. And, you know, I don't see no dirty dishes. If you're in the kitchen or wherever clothes, because let's, let's be realistic. Sometimes you're in your house and you're like, Oh my God, I have to use, all I have is this corner. This is all I have. I have to make it work. Yeah. So you have to make sure that it's, you know, tidy, that it looks appealing. And, you know, Do those tests again beforehand so you're not uh, distracted by yourself uh, by looking at that uh, other camera.
0: Yeah, and also, what I was really surprised with was the power of lighting in terms of taking it's usually like a a grainy, shadowy picture and to making it like crisp and clear. And so, the lighting that's used is really important in terms of that's a real. That's a real part of making sure you have a good picture on your video.
1: Yes, so, so important. A lot of people don't think that lights are necessary until you actually look at yourself with, like, I always preach, watch your playback, watch your playback. And I even got caught one time when I was traveling and I didn't, I forgot my light. I have a travel type of light and you could tell the difference. I was in a hotel room. I positioned myself under the only one light that they have, you know, usually they have like the little lamps, but you could tell. And right then and there I'm, I went to Amazon and bought other things that I keep. And now I have it on my travel list. Do you have your lights? Because it it, it it's the difference between night and day. Like if you are, you know, recording, and you see if you have the natural light, then you're good. But at some point, if you're doing it like on oh, 6 or 7 p.m., it's gonna get dark. And when I was doing mine, you could tell, like I probably started like around 6:30. And it, maybe it was like daylight saving time. I don't know. But by the time I finished at 7:30, it was very dark. And so you can tell the difference. Like you barely could see me towards the end of the recording. And that's just the lesson you do, even. You know, just having a little ring light, a travel ring light, anything is better than nothing when it comes to lights. And so I always like to do, you know, turn it on and then turn it off when we're in our class setting to kind of like say, you know, this is the difference. This is what I look like with it. This is what I look like without it. So I always try to say, you don't have to have a whole bunch of things and it doesn't have to break the bank. You can, you know, buy lights for less than 20 bucks.
0: So in terms of learning video in a way that is the correct way, are there any people you suggest that the listeners or viewers would want to uh, watch and study in terms of the way that they are, if they're solo creators and they have their their tripod, their camera set up in such a way that it's done correctly? Are there some people that you have on mind for that?
1: I think that is subjective right so what I always like to tell people is what made you stop to watch somebody's video what was it about it you know were were they funny did they get straight to the point did you like their setup figure that out why did you post why did you say this person is worth my time because let me tell you everybody don't get your time so so many times you scroll by why is this person interesting And not mimic them, but kind of like say, okay, I see why I really like their background or, you know, they're funny or, you know, um, I like their subject matter. I like their tone or whatever it could be. And then kind of like, how can I make this mine? You know, because this is something that attracted me and I like it. And so maybe I can, you know, tweak some things and like I said, make it my own. So I think everybody will have their own, reason why you know something appeals to them but as far as just having your setup I just think it's something simple you know you have your phone you have your tripod and you have lights those are the the bare minimum things that you need to be successful and like I said before just do take time to set your stuff up beforehand so you know you know what your background looks like and then like I said Find somebody that you follow, that you like, and kind of like figure out how to go from there. Over time, you will tweak what you look like right now. It's not going to be what you start off or end up with five years down the line. Then you can build by multiple lights if you like it. Because sometimes this may, may not be your calling. I definitely want women voices to be heard, but you know, not, why go out about all this stuff if you don't even know that this is something that you're really going to do, you know, in the long run? So just start off with the bare minimum. If this is something that you want to do down the line, then start adding stuff slowly to make your production even better in the long run.
0: And another big tool or something that you need to take into consideration is is audio quality as well because even with your your phone like as you said there are some certain techniques you can go through to to boost the the microphone on your on your cell phone but it seems that the phone itself isn't it doesn't have that kind of power in terms of the audio so having like a small external microphone a little clip on mic possibly So then that way people can hear you because uh, at least for me, it's whenever someone has a really like good, like well-polished video, but if I can't understand what they're saying or talking about, it's like a next kind of thing. So yeah. Audio is a real factor in terms of making sure you can really hook your audience and keep them on there in order for you to get your message across.
1: Yeah. And also with that, now they also have. Oh, God. Now I can't even think of it. The words that come up on the screen. It's a where was the real word for that. Why is that drawing a blank? What is it called? Oh, goodness. But anyway, you know not I'm talking about? So they have the words. A lot of people are doing that right now.
0: Teleprompter. They're
1: drawing a blank. No, not teleprompter. You know, when you're watching a video and you see...
0: Subtitles.
1: Subtitles. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just like, why is that (laughs) stupid being? Yeah. (laughs) Subtitles. So a lot of times if your audio is bad, you may have great... This is a a hack. You may have great video. Just get the subtitles to come across. Because they say that most often times people are watching your video on a go anyway, you know? So if they are sitting there on a train and they can't, you know, they may have their headphones on or they may not be, I may not have headphones on. They're just looking at it. They're able to follow along with what you're saying with the subtitles. So that's, I think that is good. And then you're also being inclusive as well because you have people that may not be able to hear and now you're inviting them into your world with the subtitles.
0: Yeah, but the kind of, the, uh, the thing about auto-generated subtitles is that they could be wonky sometimes. That's so
2: gotta
0: be, true. Yeah, you <laughs> got to be careful with whatever thing you're using to, to do that. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of reaching out to people through video, what would you say is the majority of your clients work is it that they are learning video for youtube or is it for something
2: that is specific to their niche it it
1: just depends i would say it's a balance of of two well if i were to say for their niche mostly i would say that that's probably like more when i think about it so yeah probably like 80 Oh well, maybe sixty forty maybe sixty forty most people want to get on video for whatever they're doing, like you said, for their niche, because, like my last client was a a real estate agent, and so she needed to she was just scared to you know get on camera because again, she felt uncomfortable with it, and then sometimes you get older and you know. You feel like you don't have the look anymore. You want to still be in your 20s. And I'm like, well, you're not. It's race, your age. You know, you have so much to offer. You have the wisdom. Um, Whatever it is that you need to change, you know, change it. I always encourage to write a list what you can change and then what you cannot change. Go off and change it. So that's like weight loss. If you want to lose weight, go off and do that and accept the things that you can't change. You know, maybe. If it's very serious, go to therapy for it, but accept it. You know, if this is your, because I don't have like a high pitch voice. I have like, I don't know. People say deep voice and they're always surprised. So I was like, I sing soprano. They like what, but yeah, this is my voice. I can't do anything about it Accept it. you know.
0: So what would you say the pandemic did in terms of your business? I mean, you know. You started a year and a half ago. So you started the video portion of your company during the pandemic, correct?
1: Well, just the course part. So before that, I was still doing the show style access. We were one location. We had like, and stuff like that. And we would just like be on okay, location to tape it. So when the pandemic came, we had to shift just like everybody else. So I had, you know, my producers, we had a meeting and then we didn't know how long this was going to last. So at first I was just like, okay, well, let's just see. And then after two months went by and we didn't have a show, I was like, okay, let's figure figure this out. So then we was just like, okay, I think everybody found Zoom uh, or something like, get that, up. And was just like, let's get this going. And so we just made the shift. And we had our guests come on and we just figured out even how we did our like after uh, parties where we would have people come on and we would just have fun. We added those with Zoom by answering, inviting other people to come. And it just worked out. You know, you just have to be able to shift when it's time. You can't stay stagnant and be like, okay, well, you know, this is how I used to do it. This is how I always do it you're going to lose out. So, yeah, we just shifted and made it work. And actually, you know, it's even better because we're able to now, we were just doing local people before, it opened up the floodgates. Now we can talk to people in California, in another country. It, It just, you never know what a crisis can do to your business. And for me, I felt like it just opened up the world because we were able to, again, attract different people people were just at home and we were able to get guests that we you know wouldn't rather get because everybody is out enjoying you know life so it just made it very convenient too you didn't have to spend as much money to rent a place or find a location you just figured out how to do it in your house and kept it moving (laughs)
2: that's nice that's really nice so In terms of
0: being on Zoom and learning the whole Zoom platform and interface, what would you say some people that you've seen, just everyday people who want to use Zoom and they want to increase the quality of their Zoom so then that way it's not like, you know, like the the dark shadowy figure with the light in the background and the fan going overhead kind of zoom thing is there a way are there some things people can tweak on
2: zoom let's see say what would that be
1: i just I, i just hate people just making excuses i mean even if you have a thing overhead the shadow if you look back and say reposition your camera i mean reposition your lights Again, your replays, just watch your replays and then see if you can position something else a different way, you know, learn, go into the Zoom settings and kind of like see what you can tweak. Maybe not use it on your laptop. Maybe just set up like a teleprompter type of setup. Maybe that works. Just try different things until you get the setup that you like, but don't let that stop you. (laughs) Even if you don't, you know, have the best, you know, that don't let that stop you from getting your message out. You know, that's something that you could tweak later. That's what I always say. Don't get caught up in, you know, the aesthetics. Get your, my thing is get your message out there.
0: Yeah. And also with that, it gives you sort of a, a little sometimes night and day difference in terms of your, your lighting, your video, your audio. And so that way people who want to who aspire to to share the message in the way that you do, they can look back at your videos like years ago or a year ago and see that it was completely just messed up and wonky, like the camera fell over. It's like, oh sorry, to pick it up. But yeah, that's that's what I really like about like YouTube in terms of being able to go back and see those old videos of people who really popped up from the platform and seeing like, oh, they started with like their smartphone and it was like a iPhone seven in 2019. And so it's like, okay, so I can, (laughs) yeah, so I can, like, I can do this. Like I have, I have a good phone, right? Yeah. So I can do it kind of thing.
1: Or, even I don't even care if you're in your car, you know a lot of people sure. that's popular now. You may be anywhere you want to go, you have time, you only have time to record this video and when your lunch break because you work two jobs. My thing is, like you said, you can grow. you know what I'm saying right now, you have two jobs, but you still want to build your audience. What can I do? I don't care what it is. just do it, you know, overcome the fear, build your confidence, and just do it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to, you know, have the perfect background. You don't have to have all of those things, you know, just make sure if it's nighttime, you know, you just have a light so we can see you because just a little light up top uh, on your car, when you open your door, is not going to work. Just make sure we can just see you for those small things, but just do it. Just pull the trigger, pull the trigger but, uh,
0: so in terms of overcoming that, as you said, that nervousness, that fear of showing up on camera, what would you say that you've done over the course of your career from starting out, like whenever you were starting out, what would you say is the first thing that really just broke down that mental barrier for you in terms of just worrying about the quality of the, the video, of the audio? And even if your message will get across to people.
1: It was my passion. That's what's going to keep me. I, you know, it was just like, okay, what is my purpose? So I know that my purpose is to help women. I've always wanted to give people exposure from when I first started. And it helps me show up. Once you know your why, it, it just makes things easier to do when you don't want to do it i'm human just like anybody else sometimes i don't want to go live on my designated days because i'm tired but i'm saying okay you put out there that you're going live on this day you have to be committed and consistent so and what is your purpose your purpose is to help these women overcome you know their fear and gain confidence so you need to get off your butt even though you're tired You know, get this done and then you can, you know, go relax. But you made a commitment. Now, of course, it's often things you're sick or something like that, or it's an emergency and you can't do it, or you may need a break, you know, but let your audience know because you don't know. You know, you might think, oh, nobody is listening, but have you looked at your analytics to see, you know, that even though you didn't have anybody show up, people like 10 people watch your replay, you know, so you can't say, that just because nobody showed up live that people are not watching and listening to what you have to say and if you're taking a break canva make a little flyer put it up on your social media and say you know this whole month i'm taking a break i'll be back starting in may or whatever it is you know just let your audience know that okay i'm not going to be
2: doing my live this week Tuesday
1: you know you go live oh I know Rosie's not going to go live this week because she's all a month I just think that we owe that to our audience that we're building and it makes you look professional
0: okay so what you're saying is people need to make a commitment to show up for their audience before they record so then that way they in a way they are then they have to be responsible in terms of showing up and doing the things that they proclaimed that they were going to do. And is that, and also you said they need to have like a, like know your purpose. Why are you going live? Why are you recording this video? And in doing the combination of those two things, would you say that that is what really gets you out of bed in the morning and allows you to do what you have to do every single day?
1: So, yes, the first is the why. It's not why you're doing the the particular video. Of course, you need to figure that out. But why are you? doing? What's your overall purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? So um, usually that is like the first thing that we do. And I'm doing this after one night. We sit down and we figure out what is your why. Why are you doing this? We have a whole exercise. And I found that once you have your why, you know, why are you doing this? It helps to, you know, put everything else in, you know, order for, you know, me and my clients. Okay. This is why I'm doing this. So from this, okay, this helps me with my content because now I know my why I know now what my content is going to be about. Once you have your content, then you figure out your frequency. I tell people all the time, don't kill yourself, you know, don't overcommit. This is something new. You still have your life that you have to live. Don't make a commitment that you're going to um, go live every day, or don't make a commitment that you're going to pre record videos and you're going to upload something every day. When you don't know if your life can accommodate that, start off small first. So, say you want to do it bi weekly, see how that's going first, then transition to weekly. Then, at some time, go see how that's going, then transition. you know every other day you'll get to your every day if that's what your goal is but don't go straight to it because what happens you know you made that commitment people are looking for you you know and then it's just like okay she did her bio say she gonna live every day where is she did she say she uploads videos every tuesday and third? well where are they you know you're losing people so that's what i said start off small so know your why then that why will help you with your content. Figure out your frequency, and then just go have fun. You know.
2: So, in figuring out your frequency,
0: for you personally, what have you found to be the best in terms of a weekly schedule?
1: So I do once a week. Starting this year, I. I thought because I was doing again way too much. Well, not yeah, I was doing three times. And I made it through the year, but then you know, you reevaluate some things. You, you're saying, you know, what worked for me last year and what worked didn't work for me. And I found that going live and, you know, recording multiple shows, it it was just too much. So I actually kind of like started pre-recording some of my shows that I felt could be pre-recorded because I'm like I don't have to go live with this and it has worked wonders like we're in what April and and I'm just like I have time to do stuff I'm not always committed to being you know here for Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday you know I only go live once a week and so that has freed me up tremendously and helped me with you know, doing other things that are priority in my life. So again, just gauging what works for you and then changing. I made sure I changed my um, YouTube banner to say, you know, I only go live on Tuesdays versus having Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on there. So now whoever comes to my channel, they know what to expect from me. So I also say that doing it, um, again, like I said, just doing it and figuring out what works for you, you know, at that time, because We'll work for you one year, may not work for you the next year. Um, and you're in control. You can change it at any time. But just alert people and let people know that's in your community what's going on.
0: Yeah. And another thing that I've heard from different people is that you should, like, whenever you're starting out, you should um, record and publish as many videos as possible from the get-go until you reach a certain number, like 50 videos or a hundred videos. And then you start to like, decrease, you go bi-weekly and then weekly over the next few months. And so what is your opinion on terms of reaching a video goal and being consistent daily with that compared to finding your own stride in the way that you uh, record and publish your videos?
2: Uh, I
1: again see what works for you. Like people, you know, say you know you should do fifty videos, but you may not have time. So then you have now discouraged me because now you're telling me I have to. I have a number that I have to get. That I I see the strategy behind that. So when people come, they have a catalog of things to watch. But what about I don't have time? I just don't like things that deter people, you know, because I want you to get started. So if you say, oh my God, I have to batch 50 videos in the next month or in next next, like, it's overwhelming. And I already have like 20 million things I need to do. How am I going to do that? So now I'm not going to pull the trigger because I feel like I don't have the time to do this. I always say, again, start where you can. Again, if you're in your video, if you're recording this video in your car doing your lunch this is something that you're passionate about and you're not going to let your current situation stop you, then do one video every other day. I don't know, you have a lunch break every day, but maybe you can't do it, or maybe do, you know, one a week and then upload it. After so many weeks, you will have that catalog of people. I just, yeah, that's that will be my approach to it. Because people look for anything to quit. You know, and that start, that start, I should say, you know, and I just like to eliminate that. I like to have the bare minimum to get started so people can just go and
2: do. Well, that's really good advice in terms of, like, as you said,
0: it's just the essentials you need to get started and, get, and to get going. And uh, the thing is, you don't have to start perfectly. You just have to start. And then over time, you get to find your groove, which then again, isn't going to be perfect, but it's yours. It's who you are. It's how you operate. And that works well, Works. what works best with you in terms of your schedule and the things that you uh, want to get out there and the things you have to get out there. And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything specific, just, just get started in terms of doing a video, publishing it. And would you say, what is your opinion in terms of from um the time from recording to publishing? How quick would you say from from uh, ending a
2: video should I then publish? It just
1: depends on what your goals are. You know, are you going live? Or are you doing pre-recorded? So if you're doing pre-recorded, it seems like what do you have in your can you know for me I do something called in pursuit of of fashion for the fun I do a show so I just did Charlotte a month ago it's not going to air until like six months from now because I have other videos that are already scheduled to go before then I just like to have the way I like to do it for that show I like to travel when I can uh, as much as I can, get as much content so I can space it out the, out the year because you never know. We may have another, you know, shutdown. Who knows what it's going to be? So it just depends on what your goal is. With that, I'm able to, you know, have like four or five that, you know, I'm working with the editor on because, again, some things now I outsource. I have the capability of, you know, editing. But, again, that takes me away from some of my other priorities. So, I kind of like figured out what I could outsource, which will free me up to do some more important things. So again, it just depends on what your goals are. Yeah, so that tells you that, okay, I just recorded this and your frequency. So if your frequency that you commit it to is once a month, then you may have to, you know, batch something to make sure that you have something just in case something happens to your kid or you can't record for a couple of months because you broke your ankle or your back hurts or whatever it, 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 it may be, you have some things that you can be like, oh, okay, well, I have two that I haven't, you know, used and, you know, start building upon that. So, again, it just depends on your frequency. And then you know, okay, I have to have this edited and ready to go because this needs to go monthly or whatever it is.
0: And so, uh, just quickly, in terms of the editing process, for someone that's just starting out if they're doing like a talking head message sharing information like talk five things about this five things you shouldn't do about that what do you suggest that in terms of editing that it is like heavy editing in terms of like graphs and charts and other kind of insert things, like just starting out, or would you say that doing the bare minimum of editing is better whenever you're just getting your feet wet? I
1: think you know what you I'm a pick. Bare minimum, but until you're available to learn new skills and you have to, um, time. Again, you don't want anything that's going to stop you. So as at first you just talking and you're not doing extra with the graphs and stuff like that and charts, just get it out there. You know, maybe you could just put a picture up real quick or maybe you don't. Maybe just start out talking about it and then you have some time to figure out, you know, how to incorporate the graphs and then you start incorporating that. And then you have time and you throw something else in. And again, you are two years in and you're looking back and say, look, I have a whole production. It's not even just me anymore. I have somebody now filming me or I have now, you know, got a promotion or now I have sponsorships and now I can outsource this. And now they are actually putting everything in, which I once did, you know, but for me, I always like to know a little bit about everything in my business. So I took the time to, you know, figure out Adobe Pro, learn those things. And, you know, so people are not pulling the wool over my eyes because I know editing can be very costly and no, like, I know that to do this, I'm only asking you to do X, Y, Z. And I know I've been doing it. It only takes me less than 30 minutes. So why are you quoting me a price for two hours? Like, that's just the type of person I am because people always, not always, some people like to get over So with anything in my business, I always like to kind of like figure it out because when you're first starting, you have to do everything. So, you know, again, do things bare minimum, then increase your skill set over time. That will be my answer to your question.
2: Okay. Well, Rosie, this has been an excellent conversation. Who would you
0: say uh, a Black figure in your life has had an influence on you and they could be uh, fictional or non-fictional.
2: My
1: son, my son. He has seen me start this business. Me you know, I started this business at my dining room table from trying to, you know, figure out names for shows and stuff like that. He is now 20 years old, he's off to college, but he has just influenced because I want him to see that. Your mom is, you know, out here hustling. She is trying to, you know, um, go after her goals. And if she can do it, so can you. You don't always have to, you know, work for someone. If you don't want to, you can take an entrepreneurship um, journey or whatever. You know, he just inspires me to keep going, to set a good example for him and to also leave a legacy for him. So that's what I would say that inspires me. And he encourages me sometimes when I'm down. I encourage him. We have a wager to see who could be the first millionaire. So it's fun. It's fun.
2: (laughs) And so one last question for you. And that is, if
0: you had the ability to send a worldwide text, what would your message be?
2: Your voice needs to be
1: heard because it matters to someone so turn on the uh video and start recording that will be my text in all caps
0: <laughs> well that's that's an awesome and wonderful and very inspiring text so thank you very much for that thank you for being on the show today
1: thank you for having me moses i really appreciate it
0: absolutely thank you so much for listening to this episode of the black gold podcast in order for these wonderful stories of these wonderful people to go out to many other wonderful people please make sure to subscribe to the show and to also rate the show on itunes or on spotify in order for more people to listen and to learn from these incredible and amazing stories If you want to get more out of the podcast, go ahead and visit www.blackgoldpod.com where I go into detail within my MTY midweek newsletter that I deliver to you every Wednesday. And in it, I dissect different aspects of episodes and I also share with you different tips and tricks you can apply to help you grow and improve as an entrepreneur. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. And remember to either find a way or make one.